Entitled Karen demands I order her a shirt in green. When I don't, she screams and storms off. This is once again from a long time ago working in my department store. While my coworker was at lunch one day, I was left all on my own on the shop floor in a woman's clothing section. A lady came stalking up to the till with a navy blue top on a hanger. She thrusts it at me and asks demandingly, Do you have this in green? I said to her very politely in return, I don't think so, but I can check the back of the rail for you if you like. Sometimes tops would be buried at the back by accident. I already had a good look there and there was no green ones out there. She informs me huffing and crossing her arms. Then I'm afraid that we don't have any. I inform her with a friendly smile. Aren't there any in the back? She asks as her voice is rising in pitch. I am fairly sure that we don't have any back there as we always try to put out as many of every color as we have in stock. But I'll go check. One moment. I quickly accessed the shop floor. I quickly go across the shop floor and I made my way into the back room. Once inside, I went to the area where the tops are stocked. I checked the hanging rails and no, there is no sign of green tops in this style. Other tops similar to it, but not the exact one the lady has shown me. I come back out and make my way over to the till and shake my head at the lady saying apologetically at the same time. No, there is no green tops in this style back there either. Would you like me to check on the system if we have any coming in? Yes, she says in an annoyed voice. I go over to a different part of the till area where the stock computer is kept and I start up the computer. For you younglings reading the story, this was an old black screen with white flashing rectangular cursor type of computer where writing came out in white. I turn to the lady and ask politely, may I take the top to enter the item code so I can find it in the system? Wordlessly, she thrusts the top at me. I accept it, carefully type in the code on the tag and then hand it back to the lady saying politely, thank you for that, madam. She accepts the top back from me with a grumble. The only part which I heard being so slow. When the page on the computer finally came up, I quickly noticed something. The color green was not listed as an option for this top, meaning that more than likely this top did not come in green at all, which explained why there was none on the shop floor or the stock room. I internalized my groan because I am sure this lady is not going to like this piece of information in the slightest. Madam, this top is not listed as coming in green. We have a similar top to it in green if you'd prefer. I didn't get to finish my sentence because she interrupted me. No, 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 I want this one in green. She emphasizes the no, want, and green. I'm sorry, madam, this is not in green in that style. I tell her as calmly as possible. How can there be no green? She demands of me. I stood there thinking, I don't know, I don't work for them. But I somehow managed to say instead, I'm afraid I don't know. Is there no other way to check why I can't get it in green? She asks huffingly. I think for a moment and then an idea comes to me. I can find the company catalog just to make sure that it doesn't come in green. And we simply didn't choose to stock green. Yes, go do that, she says enthusiastically. I'm sure she imagines her victory when there is a green version of the top in the catalog. However, I'm not so sure that she will get that victory as we usually order at least some of every color available in an item. Unless there were a tremendous number of different colors. I go to the back office this time. I go over to the bookshelf which is full of catalogs and after a bit of a search I eventually manage to find the correct catalog. When I returned to the front with it the lady's eyes went wide. You see this catalog was huge. It could have been used as a brick in a building in a giant castle or as a doorstop. I heave it on top next to the till. It makes a satisfying bang as I place it down. I open it up and find the correct section. I go to it and after turning a few pages I locate the item. When I find the top, I notice right away that it doesn't come in green. Only white, black, gray, and navy blue. I look up at the lady, turn the catalog towards her, 
point at her top and say as I move my finger over the available colors. As you can see, madam, it only comes in black, white, navy, blue, and gray. There's no green option, she exclaims in a fury. There is another top similar to it which comes in green. I point at one slightly lower on the page. The only difference between this top and the one she picked up was the ends of the three-quarter length sleeves were turned up. She glares at me and says slowly, I don't want that. I want this in green. But it doesn't come in green, madam. All I can do is offer you a similar style tops, which is what we can order for you in green. I tell her still trying to stay calm. This is stupid, she says to me again before shoving the top into my chest and saying furiously, do something about it. I feel like yelling at her. What do you want me to do? I take a deep breath and I manage to say in an even voice, as I said before, all I can do is order a top in a similar style in green, or I can order you the top you want in another color. She let out the most frustrated scream and stormed off. When my coworker returned and I told her what happened, she let out a deep sigh and said to me, I bet I know who that was. She then described the lady to me perfectly. And when I said that was her, she told me that this lady is well known for making all sorts of impossible demands from the staff and not to worry about it if she did complain because the management knew what she was like and wouldn't reprimand me over what had happened. I still wonder to this day why that lady with such a terrible reputation amongst the staff and managers was never banned from the store. But anyways, let me know, what would you have done in this situation? Why are people like this? I mean, seriously. And Karens wonder why everyone starts recording everything now. It's because people need to see to believe. Unfortunately, I don't think publicly shaming Karens hurts them in any way. I mean, they choose to act like that in public already. I doubt they care about what the internet thinks. But at least people are now more aware that Karens are a thing. My jealous boss doesn't like me, so I got him fired after he tells me to focus on my job. In early 2020, I was hired under the title assistant manager at a local automotive shop. We mainly sold tires and alloy wheels for passenger vehicles. The company owned several stores. I reported directly to my manager, who then reported to the owner of the company. Shortly after I was hired, I noticed the behavior of the manager was far from professional. He would constantly mock and berate me for being the new guy. I believe part of this was jealousy and insecurity on his part, as I ended up recording more sales under my name within the first few months. He would also knock off work early and start drinking boost whilst the rest of us continued to work. I remember when he found out that I participated in MMA training sessions after work, he tried to goat me into a fight for his own amusement. Clearly this guy didn't like me, and I was starting to get the feeling that he was trying to get me to snap and lose my cool. As a result, I would be fired from my employment. I became even more certain with what happened next. During the few months that I had worked there, I noticed that our takings for the day and sales records did not match. I would often spend half an hour to an hour at work trying to figure out where the errors were coming from, whilst the manager would simply throw his hands in the air and exclaim that he had no idea what was happening. The reoccurring issue seemed to be that our cash taking had been recorded incorrectly. There would sometimes be an excessive amount of cash that didn't match up that was recorded on our savings and invoicing software. I was, at the time, an accounting student studying towards my bachelor's degree. I was already suspicious of the cash being out each day. However, given how the manager had been treating me up until this point, I was concerned that any complaint would somehow be twisted and used against me, and oh boy was I right. Several weeks later, my manager took some time off. During this time, I managed a personal record in store sales, and I also noticed something interesting. The cash was never out at the end of each shift. I reported this directly to the owner of the company. 
Given I was the acting manager during the time my manager was away, I was expected to report to the owner every single day. And I explained what had been occurring whilst the manager was there. In all honesty, I was hopeful that the owner would be having a word with the manager about the discrepancies. However, I was also weary. I also believed that once the owner spoke to my manager, that the manager would immediately know it was me who was reporting this. When the manager returned to work, he immediately approached me with a disgruntled look on his face. I've spoken with the owner. You tried to blame me for the discrepancies? You should focus on doing your job properly. Then this wouldn't happen. I was quite taken aback on how angry he was, though I wasn't surprised that he twisted it and tried to place blame on me. Given his reaction, I'm even more suspicious at this point. He wants me to do my job properly, huh? Cue malicious compliance. That same week, I got to work. I started paying attention to what customers were paying when they were dealing with the manager. Behind his back, I began examining all of his sales transactions and invoices with a fine-tooth comb. As the days rolled by, I started to find evidence of his dishonesty. When it comes to a few cash sales, my manager would do the following. He would tell the customer the price was $200 if he paid cash, would discount the price by $50 in the sales slash invoicing software, would put the extra cash into the till and record a $150 cash sale. Before we did the cash up at the end of the day, he would sneakily pocket the extra cash whilst no one was around. Though he was very foolish, he clearly couldn't remember the exact amount he had swindled. Hence why the cash would be up some days, didn't swindle enough, or the cash would be down, swindled too much. I had took screenshots of the discounts he had been giving on sales and sent them to the business owner, along with a report. A report with the detailed descriptions of my findings. The report also showed that on the days that he wasn't there for the cash count, there was no variance. When he was there, well, you know. The owner was infuriated. This man had been a trusted employee for years. The owner was so infuriated, in fact, he ordered my manager to do a mandatory drug test, pee in a cup style. On the same day he found out, and no surprises, he failed. Turns out my manager had quite the substance habit. This was most likely the sole motive for his stealing cash, and the owner was beside himself. We operate heavy machinery every day in this store, and so the thought of a manager walking around sloshed wouldn't sit well with health and safety professionals. In fact, it could have landed the owner in some serious legal trouble if an accident or injury occurred under the manager's watch. The manager was terminated immediately for violation of his contract, and was later taken to court by the owner in an attempt to recover the stolen funds. Safe to say, I was promoted to the store manager position shortly after his termination. But let me know, who was the jerk in this situation? The boss, or the OP. At my old automotive job, I worked with quite a few people that had substance issues. Some who knew how to hide it well and others, well, not so well. I remembered that there was this one older dude who I believe was doing some pretty heavy stuff because he was messing up some of the most simplest tasks on the job and was always sweating. Like, I know working around engines can get hot, but this dude seemed like he would run a marathon every single day. He also got caught smoking in the bathroom once, which was pretty crazy because my job lets you have like unlimited smoke breaks. Dude just didn't want to walk all the way outside, I guess. I think his habit eventually got the best of him because he just randomly started missing scheduled work days. And that's what eventually got him fired. It was pretty sad to see, 
but you can't help people that don't want to help themselves. Dumb dad is playing around with live crabs to impress his kid almost cost me a finger. I haven't worked in retail for a really long time and this story reckons back to my first job in retail. First, a little background. I worked in a very small family-owned store that sold live seafood, primarily lobsters. The store was in the Northwest United States, so we sometimes had local seafood also. One time, we had just gotten in a fresh shipment of Dungeness crab. Dungeness crab is delicious, but it does not last very long, so buying the crab alive is the best way to preserve freshness. The store had an enormous saltwater tank to keep the crabs in, but to take them home, you would have to wrap them in newspaper. Did I mention that this was a long time ago? Crabs are pretty easy to handle if you know how, but if you're careless, they have claws that can feel like a pair of vice grips. Crabs are helpless if you lay them on their back. To wrap them up, you simply lay them on their back next to the corner of the newspaper. To wrap them up, you simply lay them on their back next to the corner of a piece of newspaper and wrap the corner of the newspaper over the crab. The crab will fold its legs in because its vital organs are on the bottom. Once it has its legs folded in, you just wrap the sides of the newspaper over its both sides and roll it up in the newspaper. To cook it, you just grab the utmost corner of the newspaper and hold it over a pot of boiling water and the crab just unrolls and ends up in the pot. One day, this dad comes into the store with two sons who are both preteens, and the dad wanted to order some crabs. Occasionally, people who bought crabs made an issue with whether the crabs had all their legs. It is not uncommon to find a crab who is missing a leg or two. Since they were sold by the pound, most people didn't really care. But this dad wanted to inspect the crabs that I was giving him, so he came around the corner where I had laid them down on their backs on the table so I could weigh them. He evidently wanted to impress the boys that were with him because he picked up one of the crabs to show the boys. I didn't know what his experience with crabs was, and plus, I was just a kid myself, so I just let him handle the crab. The crab was almost able to get its pincher claws on the guy's hand, and he must have known how strong these little suckers are because he quickly put the crab back down. Unfortunately, this genius put the crab down on its legs. Crabs spend some time out of water so they can run pretty fast to keep away from gulls and other birds that love to eat them. So once this crab was on its legs, it took off running. It fell off the counter and landed on the floor. Still on its legs, it began running toward the darkest place it could see, which was under the big cooking pot where we had to cook the crab. If it got under there, it would be very difficult to get out, so I literally had to jump on the crab to get it. I ended up getting my hand under the crab, but I went too far under the crab and it was able to reach my fingers with its claws. As soon as it got a grip of my finger, it felt like someone was gripping my finger with vice grips and it hurt worse than anything I had previously experienced in my brief 17 years of life. I also knew that crabs have two of these pinchers and the crab was trying to grab me with its other claw. So I had to act fast. I was able to flop the crab back onto the table on its back when I looked at my finger. I started to feel dizzy and I knew I was about to pass out from the trauma. I know it was just my finger, but the pain was intense. I somehow managed to keep the crab from grabbing me with its other claw and I also grabbed a knife from out of the knife rack. I stabbed the crab right in the middle where I learned its heart was. As soon as I stabbed the crab, the pressure from my finger subsided, so I was able to get loose from the crab before I passed out. I wasn't actually conscious for the next part, but evidently the dad backed away and one of my coworkers wrapped up his crabs and he quickly exited the shop. 
When I came to, I was laying down on the floor of the office with my hand in a pan of cold water. Somehow, the owner of the store didn't think to include a first aid kit as part of the essentials of running the business. Fortunately, one of my female co-workers had bandages in her purse, so I was able to stem the bleeding. The swelling was still pretty bad and my fingertip was shredded. That bozo left with two live crabs and one dead one. I only hope he tried to pick up one of the lives one himself. I'm sorry if you guys wanted the idiot to suffer in this story, but unfortunately it was me. I ended up working retail just for a few more short years. This experience was enough to convince me to choose a non-retail job. There was a couple interesting comments on this post. I worked retail for many moons. I have dealt with many dumb customers, but I have never endured any kind of physical pain because of the customer's actions. You deserve a gold star, OP. By the way, what ended up happening with your finger? I wasn't able to write for at least a week, and riding my bike was an exercise in pain for about a month. Almost 50 years later now, so the damage is gone except for a tiny area on my fingertip that is still numb. I also wanted to include this other comment because it shows just how strong crabs can be. I used to work with live barty crab, offloaded them from the boat so they could be processed at the plants. That species isn't necessarily the strongest, they're above Dungeness and Snow, but dwarf in comparison to Brown and Red King but they're super aggressive. Anyways, one fateful day I had to pull a particularly big crab for inspection, and this little dude grabbed the very tip of my middle finger and squeezed it with all its might. Mind you, this is through a layer of cotton and rubber gloves, and it still took me to my knees. There was no bleeding or swelling, but I did lose feeling in my fingertip for a week. Deaf not an experience I want to repeat again. But let me know, have you guys had any bad experiences with crabs? I've dealt with a lot of bad customers in my time, but I don't think I've ever gotten hurt because of them. So I can't say I relate to this OP, but I have worked with a bunch of co-workers who have gotten hurt. Had one guy that thought he could hold a wrench and start an engine to tighten apart once. Dude just calmly came up to me and was like, hey, I need to leave and his hand was wrapped in a towel to stop the bleeding. Had another genius tried to do an oil dip while the engine was ramping at its highest speed, this caused oil to shoot everywhere and on top of exhaust near other engines. And lastly, I didn't even have to clock in for this one, but I was pulling into the work parking lot. This other coworker decided he would rather back up and leave the parking lot through the entrance instead of going around to the exit. He didn't see me pulling in and clearly didn't hear my horn before backing into my car. So yeah, I've worked with plenty of guys similar to the dad in this OP story. The photography studio I worked for was going to fire me, so I decided to take back all the things that I bought that made our lives easier. I love taking photos of people, to the point where I have two resumes for applying for jobs, and one of them is specifically for photography. So I was psyched when I got a job in a photo studio, and it wasn't like high quality work, but it was still awesome. I took a lot of photos of very cute babies in particular. Well, the company had a three strike policy. Once they were three issues with you, you were gone. They made you sign off on every single one of these reports. It doesn't matter how much later it was when you got your next strike, they never went away. Doesn't seem like a great business model, but okay. And being fair, I did get two strikes which were very reasonable. One day I missed work because I forgot to set an alarm. It was a super irregular schedule and it wasn't always easy to keep track of. The next strike happened because I scheduled a photo shoot for before the beginning of a shift accidentally. The program was supposed to only show you times that an employee would be available for doing photo shoot. And they changed our hours with very little warning. So the photo shoot that I had scheduled the week before would have been within our hours but was no longer. I felt super bad for the mom and daughter who came in early for their photos and helped them sort everything out with a free photo redemption in apology. 
I got my second strike for that. Now the last strike, I actually got two on the same day. Around Christmas, our store goes nuts. We have to have twice as many people working in order to keep everything in order. During that, I was training a new employee, helping her with her photo shoots, my own, running cash, taking passport photos, and teaching her the rules for them. It was a nightmare. What made it worse is that one of the customers submitted two complaints that day about me. See, this customer felt I was pushing her to buy photos. Literally all this company cares about is pushing photo packages. And I was instructed to relentlessly do it more and with more energy because I didn't make enough people feel like they should have them. So great, I convinced a customer to spend money instead of giving them free things and not getting a dollar from them. Like the company was always yelling at me to do. And I got a complaint for that, great. And the other complaint was even more ludicrous. The customer felt I was being too bossy with the other photographer. The one that I was training. The one that didn't even know how to do the job yet. Apparently, I deserved to be fired for telling her how to do things. I was heartbroken. It's been a few years now, so I've gotten over it. But I was so happy working as a photographer. But here's where the malicious compliance kicks in. See, by my nature, I end up doing a lot of work that isn't actually my job because I want to help. I enjoy feeling useful, but they're firing me because they don't want me to sell things or train people like they had told me to do. So for the last two weeks of my job, I stopped counting all the money for deposits. That was the manager's job even though she hadn't done it for half a year since making me do it. This meant that she had to come in on days that she didn't work just to do the deposit. I stopped actively recruiting customers, which is what we were supposed to do when you had downtime, and prowl around the attached mall for people who you could convince to get photos. The best tactic was always to find people with new young ones, tell them how beautiful the baby is, and offer a free print for one of those photos after the shoot. Almost no one passes that up because they have a wonderful photo to hold on to. I didn't feel guilty doing it because it genuinely makes people happy. I stopped taking meticulous notes of every interaction that was worth following up on. I used to make a note for every next shift about how X customer seemed interested but was unconvinced, and that a simple reminder of an offer would probably be enough to get them to buy. Or I would make a note about how someone forgot their passport photos and whether or not they had paid already. On my last day, the truest malicious compliance happened. They wanted me gone. Okay, I took my name tag and packed it away. I went into the photo studio and grabbed the kids' toys I had brought in to help get young ones to cooperate. Babies don't really understand a stranger telling them to smile for the camera, but if you shake a rattle at them, they make silly faces. They're very good at smiling for that. I cleared up all the things that I had laid out neatly for easy preparation and put them back in storage. I cleaned up the counter to get rid of all the notes and passport photos that weren't claimed that day because that's what we were technically supposed to do. And then came the real part that the title refers to. Over my nine months working there, a number of issues had come up with things that we worked with. For the passport photos, we needed a paper trimmer to slice off the edges quickly and neatly. We had one when I started, but then it broke. I brought in a replacement, then that got broken too. Still, we needed one, so I bought another replacement. We also had gotten our stapler stolen. No worries, I had one at home we could use. And the keys to the storage, where we would find the extra receipt paper, the passport paper, where we keep the deposits, where we keep the other paper files, these were tiny keys. And the color of them was so bland that throughout the course of the day, they were easily getting lost 30 times. I had bought a large blue fluffy keychain to attach it with the permission from the boss. Never lost the keys again. Not one of us. We had also had a sign when I started there which we could pop out which said, 
I'm in a photo shoot, please be patient, I'll be with you in a moment. Or something along those lines. Because there was often only one employee at a time, they had to do the photo shoots and all the passport photo drop-ins. Well, my boss accidentally dumped her coffee on that sign after she tripped one day. So I went out of my way and got a new one printed bought a plastic sleeve for it and set it up with a cardboard backing so it wouldn't break or get ruined. It was better than the old one. So of course, when I left, I took my sign, my keys, my paper trimmer, my stapler, my toys, and notably my shutter button. You see, the camera had a shutter button attached that would allow you to move about while snapping photos. Again, helping with little ones because they don't understand directions, so you have to be able to physically draw their attention somewhere. This cord had gotten frayed but not replaced. It shocked me nasty enough to leave a burn, so I took it off the camera and brought my own in. I got a call the next day asking me how dare I steal the company's supplies. I calmly replied that I had just taken back the items that belonged to me and that they could keep the broken paper trimmer that I had brought in. I even left them a pair of scissors that I had brought for a backup when the paper cutter first broke. I even brought them a box of paper clips for using since they didn't have a stapler anymore. The store closed down two months later. Crazy how when you fire your hardest worker over things that you told them to do or one missed shift, other employees are less than enthused about the chance of the same thing happening to them. And no one else worked nearly as hard to keep everything in black as I did. Not to say that there's anything wrong with that. I liked everyone except the manager since it was only two employees and they did their work well and treated me nicely. They just had a better sense of doing what they were paid for and nothing else. And for reference, the employee who the customer felt I was treating badly looked at our manager like she was insane and asked when I had done that because she knew for a fact that the only time I raised my voice at either herself or the only other employee was because it was too loud for them to hear me otherwise. She apologized to me and said that she was worried it was her fault because she had been a little nervous that day because she was dealing with other things and she was worried that the customer had gotten the wrong impression because of that. Said employee went on to have her own gallery show leaving shortly after I was fired. But anyways, let me know. Am I the jerk? Man, that was a long story, but I've always found it a bit odd when people use their own money to help out a place of employment. I mean, it's a nice thing to do to make your work life easier, but it should come out of the employer's pocket, not yours. I'm glad this OP left this job because working in places with a three-strike policy that never expires is too stressful for anyone to deal with. That's it for today's video. If you want to make sure you don't miss out on any content, hit that subscribe button and make sure you hit that bell to turn on notifications. If you want to finish listening to all those stories, use the playlist at the top of the description. And if you're someone who live streams and needs copyright-free music, check out the Cream of the Crop music by searching Cream of the stream on Spotify or whatever music platform you choose. Remember, it's free.